Have you ever thought about what is normal Christianity? Is it just going to church, serving, reading your Bible every day, praying, doing a devotional or a Bible study, or just being a good person? Well, I'm going to talk about going to a new faith level for you today and believing God to do his works. What are his works? We're going to talk about that, and it will probably stretch you. It might be new information for you, depending where you are in your faith journey. But as a spiritual growth coach, I want to help you and stretch you to grow, to know God in a very personal and deep way, and also to know who he has called you to be and the life that he wants to show you. So this will be deep, but I hope it'll be very practical so you can look at the scriptures and really dive in to see what is God calling for you to do? What does that even look like? And a key is, what do you believe? All right, friends, here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be, because you were created to thrive. Want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. So with the new year, we have goals, we have dreams and visions, and we all are on a journey to improve certain areas of our life. And our faith has to be included in that because we are spirit, soul, body. And so I want to help you grow stronger and really go to a new level in your faith. And so I'm going to help you with that today. And I guarantee you, it will cause you to be stretched. I just joined a gym and I hired myself a trainer. Now, I was a collegiate athlete, so it's not like I needed to have a trainer to teach me things. I need someone to come alongside me at this stage of my life. I want to get very specific in being strong, being stable, my stability, and also my core, and what are going to be the best exercises and protocol for me in this stage of my life. And so I also need someone to keep me accountable because I know that I could easily give up or just go back to you know the status quo. So likewise, in your faith, I want to come alongside you to help you understand scripture in a way that's very practical, but also cause you to grow deeper in your personal relationship with the Lord and to know who you are in him 
and what type of life he is calling you into. So with that, I'm going to ask you the first question. What is normal Christianity to you? Is it going to church, reading your Bible, praying every day, doing a devotional, serving, doing good things, being a good person? That's what most people would say. And for the longest time, that's what I thought. If I do good, I will get good. I didn't understand God's grace, and I didn't understand how his kingdom operated, nor what the gospel was. I hadn't been in churches that were teaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God and how the kingdom operates. And so I'm going to read several scriptures for you. So this is going to be kind of a Bible study, but I want you to hear. So if you're you know, not in a position to take notes, don't worry about it. You can always come back to this. But I want to help, un- uh, help you understand scriptures. And there's the key thing is always going to be about believing. How do you believe God? And I remember my very first Bible study I did about believing God. And it was a Beth Moore one. And we would say, you know, she had like five things we would say, like, I choose to believe God is who he says he is. I am who he says he is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I don't even remember all the five things. If you've ever done it, then you probably can fill in the blanks. But it was all about shifting mindsets to say, wait a minute, this is who God is. And this is what he offers me in relationship, and this is who he says I am. So it really started me to think more about what am I believing God for? What do I think about God? Who do I think he is? Who is God the Father? Who is Jesus the Son? And who is Holy Spirit? And then who am I in Christ? If it says I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, then what does that even look like? What does that mean? And It was several years later that I um, got a teaching from Andrew Womack about spirit, soul, body, and that radically shifted my thinking to realize, wait a minute, when I get born again, I get a brand new spirit. My spirit comes alive to God, and I am a new creation in Christ, where it talks about in 2 Corinthians um, 5.17. And that old things are passed away and all has become new. Well, that's talking about my born-again spirit because my soul, my mind, my will, emotions, my personality, using my imagination, that still is the same. And my body still is the same. So you have to learn how to rightly understand what the Bible is talking about and what part of you the Bible is talking about. So anyway, I don't want to digress there, but everything is going to come down to believing because it says that we're saved by believing in our heart and speaking forth in our mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that he came in bodily form and that he died for us and that was resurrected and you know, we're saved by grace through faith. And I talked a lot about salvation, so go back to uh, those episodes Anyway, let's get back to the scripture. I want to talk about starting out with John chapter 6. Now, in John chapter 6, it starts out with Jesus feeding the multitudes, over 5,000 men, didn't count children and um, women in the day. So, you know, there's probably 15,000 plus people. 
And all they have, Jesus says, feed them. And the disciples are like, uh, did someone get food? Because we don't have any food. One boy had a lunch of five loaves of bread and two fish. So the disciples brought it. Jesus said, bring it to me. They did. He took it in his hands. He looked up to heaven in the Father, and then he blessed, he prayed over it, he blessed it, and then he gave it back to the disciples. And as they went, they fed the multitudes, and they even had enough left over to fill 12 baskets. So God is an abundant God. He's a miraculous working God, and that's part of who he is, and it's also what he's calling us into. So we're going to look at what is normal Christianity for us on this side of Pentecost. John chapter 6. So he does that. He does the miracle. He walks on the water. And then he says he's the bread from heaven. So they just saw all the miracles of, you know, feeding the bread. And now he's the living bread. And the people are going to ask him something interesting that we could think, this is pretty outrageous. They say, we're going to pick up in John 6, 28 and 29. What shall we do that me, we may work the works of God? Jesus answers, and this really is to all of us, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So the works of God, we think of all these things. We got to do good works, right? Ephesians 3 uh, or 2.10, that we're created, um, we're God's masterpiece, we're created to do good works, right? Faith without um, works is dead. So we think about these works, but Jesus answers it and says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Let's go into John chapter 14. If you've heard me before, you know I love John 14, 15, 16, 17, and I love really meditating on these verses. And when I say meditating, that means pondering, rolling them around in my thoughts and really dialoguing with the Lord about these scriptures to make them personal. How does this look active in my life? What does that even mean? And so Jesus is talking about in John 14, he says in verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he says, if you had known me, you would know my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So Jesus is talking about he and the Father are one. And he's going to pack, unpack that you know, as he moves forward. But he's always talking about his union with the Father, and he says, he who has sent, excuse me, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? And he's talking to Thomas here because, you know, Thomas is trying to say, show me the Father. And the Father in me. The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So right there, Jesus is saying that he doesn't do anything unless the Father shows him or tells him. And we see this in other parts where Jesus is under the Father's authority. See, Jesus lived on the earth as a human. 
He was still God, but he didn't operate as God. It says that he laid down the right to be God. He acted as a human, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do these things, but he didn't do it in his own talents and abilities. It tells us right here, he did it in the Father's authority. And what the Father showed him, he did because the Father dwelt in him, the Holy Spirit, right? Likewise, for us, this is going to be the pattern. And that is good news. And it's going to talk about in John, um, and that we would we would do these things. Let me just continue. John uh, 14, 12, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now that's powerful, and that's there's a lot right there that I don't have time to unpack, so let me just give you simple. Jesus said, we have to believe in him, his authority, and who we are in him. I'm really paraphrasing this for you. So um, he's given us his name. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his blood, his power his authority to do these works. And in Matthew 9, Jesus is our model, and he went around before he sent the disciples out in, in John, uh, or excuse me, in um, Matthew 10, it says that he preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. He healed, and he was moved by compassion. That is our model. We are to do these things. And in Matthew 10, it says that he gave them this power. He says, as you go, he's sending his disciples out. And he says, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And then in Mark 16, it's known as the Great Commission, 17 and 18. And I'm just going to read from the message. It says, these are some of the signs that will accompany believers. They will throw out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will take snakes in their hands. They will drink poison and not be hurt. They will lay hands on the sick and make them well. For the longest time, I was not taught this. I went to churches that, you know, really didn't teach the gospel. I didn't even know healing was possible. And my life really started to change when I started hearing the gospel. We had moved and we went into a different church, and it was like a whole new world opened up to me. But the first thing I did was think, there's no way I could do that, because I was looking to myself. I was looking in my own inabilities, my own lack of Bible knowledge, and I really canceled myself out. I'm not qualified, right? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever been terrified to pray for someone, thinking, oh my goodness, I don't even know what to say. I, I can't do this. And then we discount ourselves and we disqualify ourselves. But friends, we are God's representative here on the earth. You hear a lot, God is on the move. Well, you know what? It's through people. 
That's his plan. It's not like something spectacular is going to happen that poof, out of the sky, things are going to change. It happens through people because we are created in God's image, in his likeness, to have dominion, authority here on the earth in the name of Jesus. So like Jesus is saying, it's his union with Father empowered by the Holy Spirit, he's given it to us as well. And you know, in John chapter 15, Jesus is talking about how we have to abide in him and let his words abide in us that union that he is the true vine, right? And Father is the vine dresser and that we are to abide in him and that we by ourselves can't do anything. But we're not by ourselves, friends. We are with him. We are united in him. And as we grow in our knowing him, we are empowered to do the things that he said. That when we pray for people, we expect signs to follow. And If you've never been in an environment like that, you may be terrified by what I'm saying right now or discount me or not believe me because you've never seen it. Or you tried praying for someone and they didn't get healed. I don't want to get into the doubt and unbelief, but that was what Jesus rebuked his disciples for. It wasn't sin. He didn't go around pointing out all of their sins. He was telling them, listen, have more faith, which is believe and trust. The good news is we have the faith of Jesus. That's what he's given it to us. It's not even our faith that we possess. It's the faith of Jesus. He's given us the measure of faith, which is the same faith that raised Jesus from the dead because it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And that is good news. And you are an answer to someone's prayer. And so as your spiritual growth coach, I am here to challenge you to pray for people, but knowing that you're not doing it in your own ability. It's not your talent. It's not that you're going to say the right thing, have all these scriptures memorized, don't compare yourself to anyone else, but do what Jesus did. He looked to the Father. What did the Father show him? What did he hear? He blessed and then he gave, freely receive, freely give. And so when you go to pray for someone, I always tell um, people that I, I coach and mentor, connect with love. What would love want for this person right now? And release that. Release a blessing over someone. You know, one of the most, one of my most favorite things to do is I don't say, can I pray for someone, usually, especially a stranger. But what I will do is say, can I just speak a blessing over you? it changes their day. And you know what? The results are not on me. Just like Jesus didn't stress out about the results he got because he knew that he didn't do them in his own strength. He did what the Father showed him and spoke to him. He released the kingdom of God here on the earth. And that is what we get to do. We get to connect people to the heart of the Father, the love and the compassion that God is drawing through the Holy Spirit. They are drawing everyone to Jesus. And so that is my heart and desire for you, that normal Christianity is to have signs and wonders following them, not chasing after them like some people do. I tell you, when we went to Bible school, there were 
what I call granola, a lot of nuts, fruits, and flakes that people were just trying to chase after the spectacular. But that's not how it works. It works by believing, trusting. God is who he says he is. Jesus finished everything that we couldn't do on our behalf. He accomplished that. He was our substitute. And now he calls us to be one with him, to join, to be joined with him, our union in Christ. And I always tell people, I don't live for God. And they look at me strangely. And I say, rather, I live out of my union with him. Just like in marriage, I don't live for my husband. But rather, I live out of our intimate relationship that we have, that everywhere I go, I have an identity as his wife. Now, I'm my own person, too, so don't get weird on me and think this is crazy. But you understand. Get the point that I'm saying. I don't live as a single person. Let's just put it that way. I live knowing that when I do something, I have my husband's best interest or mind on it, too. I know what he will think because I've spent 30 years, actually 31 years, getting to know him. And I know what he would say and I know what he would think because we have that intimacy. Likewise, that is what God is calling us into, this deeper, intimate, personal relationship. And that is where your heart will come alive. And then you will know that you have the answer to the hope that people are looking for. And it says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So there's a lot there. And I don't want to continue with this anymore because this is pretty deep. And this, or it may not be, maybe you're just like, woohoo, yeah, let's go, Lori. And uh, if you want help growing deeper, I do have uh, a few coaching spots available still where I help you not only grow closer in your relationship with the Lord, but I help you grow emotionally and mentally and relationally and help you through the process to get your heart to believe and trust and to know God and know yourself to know who he has designed you to be. So message me at Lori at LoriKSnyder.com if that is something you are interested in. I also have a free training that I would love to give you. And that is um, a training that I did to help you live in the promises of God, to have the life that you truly live that, that or that, that you desire, that best life that he has. And so go to lauriksnyder.com forward slash free, F-R-E-E dash training, T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G forward slash. And lauriksnyder.com slash free dash training. And I want to help you understand what God has made available to you through Jesus's obedience and finished work. And that will bless you. And I want to give you that for free. So, all right. So friend, let me just pray for you. And I just want you to be encouraged that when you are abiding in Christ, to know your union, that you have Holy Spirit living in you. You've got the word of God. You've got the name of Jesus. You've got the blood of Jesus that helps you overcome, right? It says that in Revelation, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I want you to put your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And then just let love move you. 
motivate you. Okay? All right. Well, Father God, I just pray for everyone listening right now, Lord, that your love would just envelop them, that they would experience it, that would, they would taste and know that the Lord is good and that they are one with you. And if they, Jesus, haven't made you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they do that right now so they can have that living hope and truth and the life that they desire. And so I bless my friends. And I thank you, Lord, that you're doing exceedingly abundantly above all that they can imagine or ask for according to the power that works in them through Christ Jesus. So I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.